Welcome to episode 17 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. We are continuing on with women's wrestling and continuing in the order of our Twitter poll, which means that this week we watched Impact Wrestling. Uh, the match we ended up watching was Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard, which, when it happened, blew up online and was a really big deal from their Slammiversary pay-per-view. So, to kick things off, Laura, your star rating, please. Uh, I went back and forth for a while because I learned my, my, one of my last notes on this match is I don't know how to feel about this match in general because there were things I liked and like I want to like it but there's some things keeping me from doing that but I also don't like dislike it in the way I've really hated some other ones so I'm gonna say I'll just give it two and a half out of five go for the dead middle point like I didn't hate it didn't love it it was it was okay it had some some good moments but it also just I feel very confused and conflicted about this match I can. I knew there were gonna be some bits you didn't like right off the bat because they brought baseball bats to the ring, and I was like, oh, "Laura's gonna dislike that." Yep, that is a note I have. I was like, "Oh, there's props, there's weapons. We all know how I feel about this." Is what is written on my paper. Those weren't even too because was, the only time they were used was a very, very brief moment. So I actually didn't even end up being that that angry about it. It's more just because like every time they would do something that. I liked it was then followed by something that, again, like, pulled me out or broke my suspension of disbelief or made me angry. Like, I couldn't ever enjoy anything for long. Going back, I was like, oh, that was really cool. Oh, now I'm annoyed again. Oh, that was really awesome. Oh, fuck, now I'm, now I'm angry again. Like, it was just so up and down for me. So before we go into your notes, I feel we should talk about the fact that this was an intergender match in the main event of, like, Impact's, like, second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, that's cool. Highly yeah. approve. And they said it was the first ever intergender match for Impact. Uh, first but ever, it's, it's just no, for no, Impact, first right? ever, first ever intergender main event. They've oh, had intergender main event. Matches before, okay, okay, but... okay. Okay, cool, I get and it. And, yeah, that's just for Impact. Other places have done, you know, intergender yeah. main events. Like, for example, um, you know Lucha Underground? which we watched for the men's singles. Yeah. They are really big on intergender wrestling. They had, like, intergender wrestling, like, right from the very start of their show. Like, their first episode has an intergender match on it. Like, they were huge on intergender wrestling. So there are other places that do it more. But, you know, like I say, generally the bigger a company is, and Impact, it, like, for a long time was the second biggest company in the US. They're not anymore, but for a long time they were. You know, generally the bigger a company there is, the more they shy away from intergender wrestling. Because it doesn't really help you get sponsors, you know? For some reason. Can't possibly imagine why. Yeah. Also, I feel like at the beginning and at various points of the match between the faces they're pulling and the styling and just some of their like general appearance, I was like why do they look like I could see these two, if they, if they took them out of a wrestling match, I could see them fighting in a parking lot and it'd be on like a world, the world star website and it'd be like one of those like redneck smackdowns. Like I just, oh, I don't know. I just got a funny vibe. So shall we start going over detailed notes? Yes. So uh, uh, 
before we start, what was that weird little cinematic intro video? Like, I don't know the mafia wrestled. Like, I felt like it was, like, trying to be a trailer for Godfather meets Ocean's Eleven, but it was for a wrestling promo. It was it was so It was weird. for their next pay-per-view, which is called Bound for Glory. But I have no idea why it had, like, mafia meeting up yeah. in a car park with a body hanging out at the back of the car. I'm like, not sure what, what that fu- has to do with their pay-per-view. I'm so confused. I feel like there's something I'm missing. That's okay. I'm glad it wasn't just me because I was like, what is. Let's advertise a wrestling pay per view with no wrestling whatsoever and just, you know, the mafia instead. I was just very confused. Um. Uh, I had a question because they mentioned first mixed uh, gender main event at Impact. How long has Impact been around before this happened? So how long did it take them to get to that, basically? A long time. <laughs> so, you know, I said when they were like, they used to be like the second biggest company sort of in the US. And yeah. it used to be on TV and stuff like that. That was in like 2008. Okay. You know, that was when they were at their peak. So they were around before that. So they've been around at least like 20 years or something. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, could be worse. I mean, like, technically, like, for the women wrestlers in, like, WWE to even get to the place where they're semi-respected and stuff, that was around a lot longer and it took a lot longer. So that's not too bad. They were set up in 2002. I've just looked it up. So just shy of 20 years. Okay. Not great, but could be the, worse. Very- well, the, thi- the thing is, uh, I feel it's a bit unfair to paint them with the same brush as like WWE just because of like this been their first intergender main event because Impact had a better women's division than WWE yeah for forever okay like the Impact's Impact's they call their women the knockouts division and their their knockouts division like laid the blueprint for WWE to have their like women's revolution like their women were having great matches they had their own title that was actually treated you know, strongly for ages. And they were around right from, like, the very start. They weren't brought in just because they felt they needed to have a women's division. And they had a lot of, like... They had good actual storylines and stuff, great feuds. And they had people like Awesome Kong, who's built like a tank and is a black woman, who, like, fighting for their title. You know, like, something that you just, like, wouldn't really see in WWE in the 2000s. You know what I mean? Like... They did stuff that is seen as sort of, like, modern and progressive now, ten years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So That's cool. They did a lot for women's wrestling. You know, they might seem a bit, like, not as progressive as some places nowadays, but they were really, really influential, like, like say, like, ten years ago in pushing women's wrestling forwards. Okay. And... Because there were times, and that was one of the things I said, I kept going back and forth and having very mixed thoughts and feelings. Because there were times where the way, like, Tessa was wrestling, the way the storylines were being set up, that did seem really awesome and really progressive. And, like, clearly the crowd was behind her and not in a, like, we're cheering for her because she's, like, caught something. Like, they were literally chanting, like, Tessa's gonna kill you and stuff. So clearly they're behind her because they also think she's a good wrestler. But... Then moments would happen that would just seem so against that. Like, the the promo footage I showed of her and, like, 
summing up her issues and like or the feud I guess with Callahan she's wrestling in like jeans and like a fairly covered top and everything and like never once was she in like really super skimpy and then she comes out here to wrestle Callahan immediately walks out to like stripper music and is posing like a pinup girl with half her butt hanging out of her like short shorts and which also I'm just like wrestling with a wedgie how is that comfortable how is that going to give you an advantage wrestling when you have fabric shoved up your butt as someone who doesn't even enjoy wearing a thong in real life like oh I just don't so there was like all this weird like clashing moments I guess you could say at least in terms of her character and her wrestling so in the promo package the reason she was in sort of street clothes for a lot of it is a lot of it was like run-ins or she was doing a promo and they'd run in on her hence her just wearing like street clothes because it wasn't meant they weren't matches you know what i mean so she wasn't wearing her ring and like i i get it because i have no problem with them wearing you know like the the hot pants or the short shorts because like even the guys do that you know but at least you think where they they cover a like a, a decent percentage of your butt because the guys that wear them they still you know it goes to where their like butt cheek hits their legs girls no we need to have half of yours hanging out for sex appeal which i just i look at it and i literally i have a phantom wedgie right now after watching that match and my underwear is, is perfectly ma- fine male wrestlers you know sort of try appeal sexually as well like male wrestlers wear thongs under their shorts so that they don't have underwear lines and that people can see their whole butt yep so male wrestlers do it as, you know, they do this shit as well. Like, the thing is, there's a great quote I saw obvious. about this. There's a great quote I saw about this subject from, it was a tweet put out by Lance Storm, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, and he was talking about this wearing a thong under your, <laughs> like, ring gear, you know, yeah. so that you don't show underwear lines. And he said, your job as a wrestler is to get yourself over, and you should do that in any way you can. You can. You know what I mean? You should get your, like people to like you in any way that you can. And if that means showing off your booty, you show off your <laughs> booty. You know? I guess. It'd just be nice if the women's element was handled a little more subtly like the men's, you know? I mean, right. Well, you, you keep talking. And while you're talking, I will find you a picture of Awesome <laughs> Kong to show you that it's not always like this. You know? I know it's not. It's just... And, like, at first it didn't even bother me other than again because but she could have walked out and if she was wearing the outfit even it's fine but it's that she not only walked out and like walked in but she walked out did the turn around literally shook her butt and was doing the pose like literally it's the pose amaranth does for her patreon okay it's like specifically made to stick out the butt arch the back get that curve in the back it looks like it was it was just the combination of things it wasn't any one thing on its own i do think though that that is I don't think that was, like, impact going, like, you need to do this, Tessa, because we want to sell your gender and your sexualness. Because, I like, I've been watching Tessa for years now, and she, that's her gimmick on, like, the indies. You know, she's always been like that. That's just her thing. So I'm pretty sure it was, like, her choice, her decision. And when that's the case, I have no problem with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the sort of shit I hate was, like, Attitude Era WWE, where every woman has to be, like, a sex object and even if they don't they aren't comfortable with it tough you've got to do it because this is what women do in wrestling you know like yeah and you've got to have bra and panties matches and wrestling mud yeah that's the thing that happened by the way oh i know 
And the only other, <laughs> the only other moments that like really got my like my my feminist spidey senses, I guess we'll say, tingling. Uh, we'll get to them later in my notes. But there was because other than the entrance and literally just the posing and shaking her ass, there was only two other moments in the match. The rest of the time, like I was completely forgot about it. Like wrestling was happening, and it wasn't super like it wasn't such a constant thing. It just came out at moments and just then felt really like shoved in my face. I was like, wait, what? But I was yeah, back to like. The, the, the thing is, like, like this has always been my thoughts on it, is if people choose to have their gimmick involve, like, a sexualization of them, you know, if they want to wear skimpy attire, or they want to have, a, like, a sexualized character, that's fine, as long as it's their choice. That's the important thing, because, like, people in real life, you know, do that shit, you know? Like you were saying, people have their Patreons where they sell, you know, like, lewd photos of themselves. So if people, like, if they're the sort of minority and the exception and it's their choice to do it, yeah, that's fine. It's when companies, you know, like, say that that's all women wrestlers can be and, you know, every women's wrestler is that and that's when it's, like, problematic in my eyes. Yeah, of course, of course. And then, in contrary to her introduction, where clearly she is, hands down, the crowd favourite, cheering, and Callahan comes out, he's being low-key booed, and multiple times in the magic commentators call him a vile and appalling human being. And I'm like, alright, tell us how you really feel. And as his song, his song has, like, his groups chant in it, like, it chants, O-V-E, and every time it does it, the crowd goes, sucks. I saw, so yeah, good. that was funny. But either way, I'm like, so why is he so vile and appalling? Like, what has he done that's made him such a hated person? I'm intrigued. So, he's always been a, like, he's a proper hardcore wrestler, right? Yeah. That's his thing. He works very stiff. He uses a lot of weapons. There's a lot of blood in his matches. That's his whole shtick, right? Yeah. And basically, there was an incident in one of his matches where he went to swing a base, like, he put a chair over someone and went to swing a baseball bat down onto the chair and missed the chair and hit the person square in the face with a baseball bat. And busted the guy's face open. Ow. And it blew up online, and a lot of people were, like, calling him unsafe and an asshole, and why would he even think that spot was okay and stuff like that. So he decided to just run with it and make it his character to just be a colossal douchebag. (laughs) Okay. Which is 10 out of 10 character work. Like, people start thinking you're a colossal douchebag, Okay, play a colossal douchebag then. I mean, like, why not? It works. Go for if it. If people are going to hate you anyway, just roll with it, you know? Yep. Uh, I, say I like the little nice and succinct video package about him and Tessa showing there. Like, again, I feel as someone who did not know what was, like their relationship or their history. I'm like, all right, I get it now. I feel prepared to watch this match. Solid. Although I do think every time I showed the screen in the background and you saw Slammiversary, like, that's a dumb name. And I don't like how they spelled it. It's a really minor thing, but I don't know. To me, it sounds stupid. It sounds like the lower budget copy of, like, SummerSlam or something. I don't know. But I guess there's only so many words about wrestling that you could turn into, like, a title, you know, for a pay-per-view. Um... Yeah, so, like, I really liked the little package. Since you mentioned already, I really liked the little package they showed recapping the feud. We've talked about how WWE always do them as well, and I just really like them because, you know, it helps you, like, get an idea yeah. of why these people are fighting. If you watch regularly, it's a recap. If you don't watch regularly, it fills you in on the details, and it was a well-made exactly. one. 
It did what it was supposed to do. Good job. 10 out of 10. Um, also, is it just me or did Tessa look straight out of like the 70s? Yeah. She had a very 70s hair, vibe to her. Yeah, yeah the, the hair, gold, a lot of her fashion choices. Yeah. The sunglasses. <laughs> straight it out of the very... 70s. It was cool as fuck. 10 out of 10. Yeah, oh, and other she also... Than just the... Go, Go ahead. Oh, other than the cut of the shorts, I thought the outfit was great. <laughs> I also like uh, you, Todd, by when we're watching, but um, how she starts coming out onto the ramp for her entrance, stops, turns around, and comes back with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you have a bat? Fine, I'm getting a bat too. I'm not being left out of this party. Screw you. Which I enjoyed. So she's not going to come in at a disadvantage at least, because we knew it was going to come to that. So it's just like a question of when. But I was at least happy, because of course I had a note like, oh, we all know how I feel about this. Oh, God, he has a baseball bat. I hate props. Um, but it was used very sparingly. It wasn't like... I also like what it shows about her character. Because, you know, we've talked before about how WWE have this thing of making babyfaces morons. Like how the yeah. heels always cheats and the babyfaces always seem, like, surprised by it. Like, oh, I never saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> but Tessa here is like, my opponent's famous for using baseball bats. His baseball bat is a, his signature weapon, and he always comes to the ring with a baseball bat. Well, you know what? I'm going to bring my own fucking baseball bat. Like, I'm not dumb. If he's going to play that game, I'll play that fucking game as well. Yep. Exactly. I enjoyed it. Um... Also, the part where they're when they're still just staring each other down in the ring, and the commentator's like, "These are the two most aggressive wrestlers in the sport." I just wrote, "New Japan disagrees." They raise their yeah. hand. Go, excuse me. Shibata's like, "Excuse me." Um, <laughs> one of the co- the commentator one of the commentators had totally lost his voice at this by this because this was the main event, so obviously it's the last thing on the show, and yeah. his voice was fucking gone rip did you Poor notice guy. that as well or was that just me i once His you pointed it out so i noticed but like i just because also like i people might say that about me at any given time because how my voice sounds so i don't generally automatically jump to that assumption because i i know it's unlikely i'm yeah. in my mind but like hey maybe they also have scratched vocal cords who knows <laughs> there was a bit where he tried plug their next pay-per-view bound for glory and as he said the name his voice just went so squeaky i felt so bad for him Poor guy. Oh, well. And then my next note, again, was how can it be comfortable to wrestle with the wedgie? Don't understand. Um, And then I I laughed really hard because I then took a close-up of the one guy in the audience just, like, chanting for Tessa. And he was, like, that one guy who was, like, he was on his feet and he was chanting so much harder than, like, everyone else. I was just, it made me chuckle. He looked like the kind of person who's, like, if I yell loud enough, maybe she'll notice and go on a date with me. Yeah, my next notes are, like, one is just re-emphasizing just how fucking hot the crowd was for Tessa. They loved her. They loved her so much. They have yep. never wanted someone to win a match as much as they wanted Tessa to win yeah, this one. because my next Jesus note Christ. is literally, it would be really sad if Tessa loses after the Tessa's going to kill you chant. Tessa's and then, gonna kill you. And then she lost. And I was like, well. And even that had mixed feelings because I was like, obviously, female, I wanted her to win just because girl power. But then I kind of liked that she didn't because the crowd, the crowd was clearly so behind her and it was clearly would have been Fuck like you, the obvious story to go for and i was like you know what i actually kind of like 
that she didn't because I'm all about the surprise and endings and not being so predictable. Well. They ended up having a rematch, so... Yes, yeah. it sets up a rematch. And he also got the finishing move. Like, he brought in the bat and used he was going to, but he didn't use it for very long, and then he stopped, and he got his actual finisher without the bat, so it didn't make me as angry, you know? Also, do you want to know... Um, so Impact have actually put out a statement, because people were, like, so, like, why did she lose, blah, blah, blah. They actually, like, one of their guys, like, the guys behind Impact did, like, an interview and spoke about why they had her lose. Do you want to know? Sure. So, they wanted to sort of avoid... You know how WWE have the wrestler called Roman Reigns? Yes. He's meant to be, like, their top babyface, like, the biggest babyface in their company. But he just would get booed out of the building every fucking match, right? And it's because they sort of pushed him so hard and told you so much how you were meant to love him and he just the won every match he was ever in that yeah the crowd rebelled against him so they basically said like we don't want that we want people to love her legitimately you know what i mean like we don't want her to just start winning everything and be this like untouchable superman we don't want superman People don't like Superman because he's boring and he wins all the time and there's never any threat because he's too good. Because haven't wins. WWE you done know, that a, like, a bunch and they do that with, they John, did it with John Cena, Cena. as well? Yeah. yeah, he could like never lose. Yeah, and people started booing John Cena. You know, does the classic John Cena sucks chant for yeah. his <laughs> intro music, you know? So basically they said they wanted to avoid that. They want their top baby faces to lose sometimes so that, you know, they don't become untouchable gods who never lose and become boring and stale and people hate Well, them. yeah, because also that's no fun to watch. Like, why would I pay money to watch a match if I'm like, well, there's no point. I already know that so-and-so is going to win because they never lose, like... And there's a difference between never, never losing and being untouchable versus going on like a really hot streak. And then because also when that streak ends, whoever it is to to like put a stop to that, that's a really hype and like fun moment as a viewer. But there's a that's difference good. between when that, yeah, there's a difference between when that happens versus, oh no, you're just always going to win all the time. The streak never ends. <laughs> but yeah, I did find it funny you now reading back. That I, it'd be really sad if Tessa loses now. Well. And then, then the match started. That was one of the fastest and like most aggressive starts to a match. I think we've watched. I feel like every time I go to type and I'm trying to type without looking at my computer, just looking at my other monitor. Because I'm like, if I look away for a second, I'm missing like three moves. They're just they're just going to town. And they show things in the replay that I swore I was looking at. And I was like, nope, I missed that when I looked away for a split second to type like one word. So I kind of liked that. It was a the very like high adrenaline, fast-paced start. These two are very start. aggressive wrestlers. You know, <laughs> he did want Yeah. It. Yeah, and I underestimated that, clearly. Clearly, clearly. And again, Tessa's wrestling in the beginning it reminds me a lot of... I did it again. I, wrote, I made a note similar to this, another match. I wrote Widowmaker. I meant to write Black Widow, like ScarJo Avengers Black Widow, because her one of her signature moves was the, like, going up and, like, her legs around people's neck and, like, swinging around and bringing them to the ground. But I wrote Widowmaker instead of that, because I played too much Overwatch, because I am a tool. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, a lot of the moves where she did stuff like that, like the really quick, like nimble, agile ones that involved like going up high and then bringing Callahan down to the ground, looked really cool. But then I feel like all of Tessa's moves in the match looked either super flashy, super fancy, and very athletic, or they looked super badly, obviously choreographed. And she's like, "Here, let me help you beat my ass now." 
There was um there's a we talked about this before with um Candice LeRae, how she does the same sort of thing. It's like you're a wo- like you're a woman. You're not gonna beat this dude on strength. You're not yeah. gonna outpower this guy unless he's like a twig Tired and you or... happen to be a power lifter female. You know? But yeah. in most cases, the woman's not gonna outpower the man, right? In a wrestling match, because most wrestlers are hench anyway, right? So what do you have over them in most cases? Speed, athleticism. So use it to your fucking advantage, you know what I mean? Like do this flippy shit, you know, do like the hurricane runners, the springboards, you know what I mean? And Tessa did. She was doing that shit the whole fucking match, you know? And it's, it's how Candice always wrestled men as well. And I think it's a really cool dynamic, you know what I mean? I'm not going to beat this person on power, so I'm just going to outspeed them, you know what I mean? I'm just going to be more agile than they are. Like... Yeah. But then on that note of, like, raw speed, power, etc., because then... um. The one of the next thing she did was the part where she kept he was outside the ring. She kept like leaping through the ropes to like dive to him, but he would just like catch her and stand there. So she went back in the ring and did it again. And then he still was just like not really phased. And then the crowd's chanting like one more dive, one more dive. She goes back and there's a third one the whole time. I'm just going. These look like they're hurting you more than they're hurting him. Like he's standing there and just tanking it and catching you, whereas you're just getting a blow of muscly dude. To like your neck and chest, like this yeah, doesn't so seem the suicide like it's dive, fun. the suicide dive, that's his name, suicide dive. Okay, enjoy that know. name. Um, is it, it like they're a move that's very common in wrestling, but very easy to make look bad. Like some people, you watch do them, like Dragon Lee, and it's very clear why that hurts because it's a dude flying at you at like a hundred miles per fucking hour. So you just have this cannonball hit you in the face and it looks really painful. But then you see like these ones where they have like no momentum whatsoever. Yeah. And you're smaller. He's a larger person. (laughs) And it's like, why is that meant to be painful? You barely touched him. Your arms gently grazed him. You know, like that doesn't look painful. Yeah, so I this was the start of a whole little segment of wrestling that basically looked really weird to me and looked very like, this is here because we planned it and it looks cool, not because it has any strategic value in the wrestling. Because there's the dives where it looks like they're just hurting Tessa, not him. And then she dives and he catches her and he like has her upside down. So she's like swinging and dangling there, holding and her legs are, she's holding herself up her with her knees over his shoulders but in theory he's holding her there and he has the thing where he then like starts swinging her head into the the barrier the crowd barrier but she was hanging there for a good like two three seconds while he like adjusted himself and like they got ready for the spot you could see her like bracing her head to get ready. so she's not actually hitting her head she's hitting her arms and stuff um it just, it looked really weird, and it looked really planned and staged, and it looked like the kind of thing that is for, like, on stage like, theater combat, because from a distance, that would have looked gnarly. It still, like, it looks like you're swinging a human being into a metal barrier, but when you're close and seeing it slowly and right in, right in their face, you it just, it looked kind of weird. And the fact that she was just hanging there for so long before it started looked really odd. And she literally got herself up there... And pos- and then she but then she later positioned she stands up puts her head between his legs and basically stays there you can count to like two Mississippi for him to then grab her and finish the move and I'm like get your head out of the dude's crotch why are you just standing there this is fucking weird like so I have a few points on that spot 
The first is a bit of praise. When she hit that barrier, she made a very satisfying dunk. Which, 10 out of 10, yes, I appreciate yes, good she did. dunks. Um, but the second thing is there's two bits that annoy me about this. One is what you said, that she obviously had her arms on either side of her head, which I've seen this spot done plenty of times before and I've seen it done better. And what people do when they do it better is they'll have their arms, like, sort of, you know, down by their side, basically, as they're getting swung, and then at, like, the last second just, like, move their arm next to their head. You know, so it just looks like... The, so it looks like their arm's just flailing, but it's, like, strategically flailing to protect their Yeah. Head, you know? Whereas she, before she even started, is, like, in the full-on, like, brace for impact, like, they, what you're on an airplane and what they teach you to do if the plane's going down. Like... Yeah. And then the, the third cage. note is one of my big problems with it is in wrestling when someone gets you up onto their shoulders like that you're meant to stay so sat up you're conditioned subconsciously in wrestling because that's the powerbomb spot right like you're you're you in real life if someone picked you up like you wouldn't just stay sat up you'd probably you know like flop down but because you watch in in wrestling matches so often when someone gets picked up like that, they stay sat upright. You become, you come to expect that. That's the norm. So when that doesn't happen, and like this, where she gets picked up and flops down, even though that's probably the more natural response, it feels like, why did she flop down there? She must have done that. You know what I mean? Because, because it's so against what normally happens in wrestling, it seems like it's her doing it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's like subconsciously trained to like think of when she gets put like this, this is how she'll respond. And then when she doesn't, it's like, okay, why why did she not stay upright? Like, you know, why did she just flop down? Oh, it's because yeah. they could do this spot, you know? Exactly. So it was just like, just all looked weird, all looked staged and everything. Like you could see them basically preparing for the move so you could see what was gonna come next and then it just takes you out of it and the whole the whole catch-22 of wrestling is i want you to look I, like i i know it's fake yeah i don't like you reminding me that it's fake i want it to Do you look know hard. how they could have done this better yeah so and then he, the part, the, 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 sorry go ahead so he afterwards slams her down onto the mats right but yeah you know what they could have done like, they could have done this much better just by have her, when he catches her, drop her onto the mats first and then just sort of, like, bend over, put her legs over his shoulders and, like, drag her up. Because then she wouldn't be in the upright position. She'd be in the, like, yeah. flopped. And it, it they still would have got both spots in, the slam on the mat and smash into the fences, but would have made it just look more natural and, you know get rid of a few of the flaws you know yeah for sure and then of the next part the commentators are like she was out of the ring and the ref starts counting it's like tessa somehow has willed herself back into the ring like yeah it's been five minutes she better damn well get herself back in the ring because again there was so much that happened so fast in the early match <coughs> so it's like okay i could still kind of see like reasonable expectation of like fatigue and injury setting in and you just got in theory your head swung and thing but at the same time the match has been going for five minutes and it's a main event like i we all know she's gonna get back in that ring what do you mean willed herself back it was just 
the wording was just so melodramatic and yeah. unnecessary. So my next note from this sort of area is just how much of an arsehole Sammy has been. He is playing up to the crowd so fucking much. Yeah, like, and they bring it, they, they commentators brought it up, they mentioned, because one of my things early on in the podcast, and I was still like, no, I want them to fight like it's like real fighting, like they're all concerned for their life and things like you would never turn your back on an opponent, blah, blah, blah. And they mention he is constantly turning his back to her as a sign of disrespect. He's like, I think so little of you, I will leave myself like open to attack because I'm not even concerned and things like that. So I, I liked that and I liked them bringing it up. That that's why he's behaving like this. Yeah. So, um, I love like just his little remarks. Like when it, like she tries to do a move, he catches and goes, "I said this would happen," and then just slams on the fucking ground. Yeah. Like what a dick. I love it. And then I also wrote that Tessa might be right up there with like Kenny in terms of melodramatic face pulls and moaning pain noises. Because I swear to God, she is the loud. Either she's the loudest, or it's just the way their audio is set up and the camera recorders happen to be closer. But I swear to God, she is the wrestler, and all things we've watched, I have heard the most of the like moaning and screaming and the anguish and the pains and the grunting and just all the noises. She was very vocal. <laughs> I did you actually, notice that? I mean, at, at some points I felt she went overboard, but I actually really like it when wrestlers like if they're in a submission, like scream in pain. Cause like, oh yeah, they big, should. One of my big pet peeves in like uh, WWE is that they have this like weird logic that people shouldn't make noises while wrestling. It's like, but if it's a fight, people make fucking noises in fights. When have you ever heard a guy get punched in the face and just like take it silently? Like you know, I wasn't saying like happen. I disliked the noises. I was just saying she's definitely. Oh yeah, one she's of very the, over the, the, the most. Over yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, most of the I, time I, it still fit. It just there's only one yeah. once or twice where I'm like, all right, you can tone tone it back a little bit. Like when <laughs> when she did the cutter on the like walkway to the ring. Yeah, and they'd been laid there for like ten seconds already. And then she just randomly starts screaming in pain at the top of her lungs. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> talk about a delayed reaction. Yeah, so, like, normally, though, as a rule of thumb, I actually really like it when people actually make noise in response to what's going on because it makes it so much more believable, you know? Like, it's a good little yeah, detail. I, I meant to say the beginning of the episode. It's a bit late now, but apologies if I sound stuffed up and I'm trying to mute every time I have to sniffle or blow my nose, but I'm dealing with some pretty awful allergies right now. So bear with me. <laughs> So then the next move, I don't know, she did something, they called it a neckbreaker. Is that the actual name of a wrestling move? Uh, yeah, it is. Because it looked pretty cool. Like, I thought that was one of the better moves in the match. Technically, um, what she did was a swinging neckbreaker. But I'll let that well, slide with the commentators. fancy. <laughs> and then again, we had this other move. There was twice in the match, this one was the worst one of the two, though, longer, where she's like, Standing in front of him, she's like crouched down, holding onto his legs, and just puts her head like at his dick, like between, like in the groin, in the crotch, between his legs. And she's standing there. I swear, I could, I counted to five while Callahan is talking to the crowd and like yelling. And then he goes and reaches down and does whatever the move he's gonna do. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you standing there, basically sucking this guy's dick? Move! What are you doing? L- like five, again, I can count to five. You could have been pinned by now. And just because she's waiting for the move to happen that they've planned. And once again, this is believable if it's a long match where they're exhausted. But when it's ten minutes into a main event, 
no, I don't believe that you would just stay in the place they put you in. You know, like say if you're absolutely. I, it didn't even look like he put her in know. there. Is the thing too? It felt like she she walked into and she she did it. That's why it was so weird. It stood out to me like he barely touched her. He did not even have his hands on her until like the move actually began. She willingly went up and was like, "All right, I'm just gonna go give you a blowjob now. No big deal." Mid-match. There's a great line of commentary <laughs> that fucking killed me. I was laughing so much. Where when Tessa did the neck breaker, right? So she'd just yeah. been getting beat up by Cat Sammy, did one neck breaker, and then Sammy went back on offense. But when she hit the neck breaker, the commentator yells, Can she continue this onslaught? <laughs> Mate, she did one move. Calm down, She buddy. did one move. But yeah. And it's it also just like that particular moment of her standing there, because not only is it bad, like, telegraphing your planned choreography wrestling like oh, i'm just gonna put myself in this next position so we can do the thing we planned but it also just happened to be a fairly easily sexualized position so i didn't like it because literally you like face that dick it's i mean like, i feel right. <laughs> that's more on you than them though because like putting people's head between your legs is one of the most standard things in all of wrestling so obviously I know, and if you're it was probably matches. That's well, it was happen. probably a bunch of things about it because it was that it was like where the camera angle was hitting her, which is also the camera. So we're like looking at her ass while she's in this position. Like I realize a lot of it is is me being super picky, but still just meh. meh. And like even though you say yeah, it's a common move in wrestling, but then if you're gonna plan intergender match, there's still it's reasonable to expect some degree of like awareness. For that to maybe like oh well there's of all the vast like vocabulary of wrestling moves we could do, we could probably find something else that would look just as cool. Or it wouldn't bug me if she hadn't been there for five seconds. Yeah, that's like, the big count problem. One, is... two, three, four, five. If it had been one second, I wouldn't have had time to be upset, and then it just would have been part of the wrestling move. But because she was hanging out there with her face there for ages, that's why it looked weird. Yeah, how often have we seen power bombs in all of the matches we've watched? How often have we seen a man put another man between his legs, pick them up onto his shoulders, and slam them to the mat? It happens all the time. But like you say, normally it doesn't take 10 seconds for it to happen, so... It happens faster, and I don't have time to be annoyed by it. So that's the difference. And then the one thing I think that Tessa, the moves that she did that looked the most brutal the whole match, all of her, like, forearms and punches, they're so fast. And it just looks like she's, there's... Like, I just, I cannot, it's so fast, I cannot see any way, shape, or form that they are making it safer. So it looks like she's just full-on wailing on the guy. And there's one particular forearm combined with the speed of it and the camera angle, and he just, like, insulted her, so she just went to town. Like, he called her a bitch or something. So it just looked pretty properly brutal. And I was like, I mean, oh. Part of that's probably on Sammy, because like I said earlier, Sammy wrestles a stiff style. And, like, when you wrestle against a stiff wrestler, there's a bit of, like, a... They generally have a rule of thumb. It's like, look, mate, I'm going to stiff you a bit because that's how I wrestle. Feel free to stiff me right back. You know what I mean? Like, especially... Well, I'll try to sound like sexist, bro. In a male versus female match, the woman can be quite a bit stiffer because, you know, she's wrestling a man and they can probably take it because they have more, you know, muscle and stuff. Um... Accurate. But, uh, there, there was a bit when Sammy went for the power bomb. He yelled out, "This is what happens when a woman gets in the ring with a man." I was like, "He's playing every online misogynist." Like, 
He is. He is. It's great. But that was I his role. It. So <laughs> Yeah, that was his yeah. role and I loved it. It was so good. That was his job and the crowd was eating it up and it just fed their like cheering for Tessa. Yeah, it's so, heel like, it work sense, done you know? right. It's heel work done well. You know what I mean? He got the crowd to hate him legitimately, legitimately. and want to see him lose and <laughs> it got the crowd to love Tessa. That's that's what you want with heels and faces. You want the crowd to boo the bad guy. You want them to cheer the good guy. And it worked here perfectly. They exactly. did it great. They're all doing their jobs. And then others uh, said, okay, I'm impressed she can pick up that dude. Because then eventually he, she did have Callahan like, up on her shoulders for a few seconds. Yeah, she didn't even just pick him up. Samoan she fucking walked drop. around with him. Yeah, she took a few steps, then did the Samoan drop, I think is what they called it. So, like, good for you, because she's not look like... Like, the other match we watched um, last week, I've already forgotten her name, but that one female wrestler who was clearly, like, tankier compared to those Nyla two, Rose. like, the smaller Asian. Nyla Rhodes, there we go. She, like, not to belittle the achievement, because she's clearly worked for that muscle, and, like, it would still be hard to do, but it would have been less impressive if she had done it versus Tessa, who was still clearly very fit, but not in the overly, obviously, buff fit, you know? I mean, that same so, thing happens with, like, male wrestlers that we've talked about in other matches, though. Like, when you see someone... When you see, like, John Cena pick someone up, it's like, well, of course, it's John fucking Cena. Dude's huge. <laughs> but then when you see, like, a smaller person, not even necessarily smaller height-wise, but, like, someone who doesn't look like they've got as much muscle, just casually pick someone up you're like hang on a minute buddy <laughs> like where'd exactly. that muscle suddenly come from yeah so that was kind of cool impressive then they mentioned her shoulder and collarbones he did a move like that's the shoulder and collarbone that was surgically repaired do you know what she did to injure it and like how long her recovery time was I i'm assuming it was know. a wrestling injury but yeah the, the thing is that sort of stuff happens all the time in wrestling and usually it's not like really caused by any one thing in particular it's just wear and tear doing this like yeah. so hundreds of times a year just breaks your body down over time and eventually you need it you know fixing fair as much as people say curious. as much as people say wrestling is fake wrestlers get injured a lot more than actual professional athletes do and i'm not exaggerating yes. there. i'm not just saying yes, that because i like wrestling true. their bodies get fucked by wrestling like <laughs> it's brutal Yep. Yep, yep, yep. For sure. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, okay. So I had another question. Because then she did another move that they called a DDT. But it's sort of the first time she did a DDT in the match. It looked very different. So what exactly is the move like a DDT? What is it? The what ref did I miss? Made, the, the commentator fucked up the call. That wasn't okay. Uh, that, you misunderstanding. The one where she went off the top rope and he said she hit him with DDT. She didn't. She did her, like, magnum, you know, where okay. she pulls his face down onto her knee. She did a DDT that. one of those moves, like the Black Widow-esque? It's something where you, like, legs near the a neck DDT and, like, bring them down. You, a DDT is where you get your head, their head under your arm and, like, slam their head into the mat. And oh, sometimes okay. it'll have flippy shit before it, but basically yeah, you the... slam their face into the mat. Oh, okay, because you know, I see it, there's flippy shit, so I assumed it was the name of the flippy shit. <laughs> Yep, the DDT is grab their head, slam it into the mat. Um, well then. But she didn't, you know, like I say, she did the, she did grab his head, but she slammed it onto her knee, not the mat. So, yeah. so different. Yeah. 
All right. And then after that, they mentioned Tessa, like, her hand was on her, her nose, mouth, like, she's checking to see if she's bleeding, because he just, like, tore her face open. And, look, there was blood on the floor of the ring, but I didn't see anyone bleeding. Did she, Am I just blind? Was it low death? Did you see it? a tiny right at the very end when before he picked her up for the final move you know when they were having that last little sort of face off yeah she did have some blood trickling down her nose okay, but nowhere so near enough yeah nowhere near enough to cause all the blood on the mat the blood on the mat will have been from they had a hardcore women's match earlier on in the night oh. so it'll have been from that okay because i thought it was all from that because i only noticed it at that point so i assumed it was all from that match i was like what's that someone should be bleeding much more visibly right now i'm very confused and then i think the part where i laughed the hardest i just i just wrote lol oh my god poor ref when she just fucking elbows the ref and the ref goes like flying and i was like i should not be laughing this is really unfortunate he didn't sign up for this but i just i could not help it, it that was ref funny. looked really fucking young yeah he looked like a teenager he did. Like, what the fuck? And then at first I thought it was just like an errant like mistake, and I was like, "Oh no! All right, this is clearly part of planned story." Because then the ref conveniently was gone and could not count. Because then Tessa was pinned, but the guy, the the crowd got to like eight, but there was no ref there to count it, so it wasn't counting. Just to make Callahan, because that's when Callahan used the bat to get her in that position. So I thought that was the perfect. That's the only time. Like, a prop has been used, and I actually liked it because it's like, all right, you did your cheeky heel, I can't win fairly thing, but it didn't result in the win because of something that happened earlier, and it was like, so you got to do your heel thing without me being annoyed that it gave you the match. And then he won the match a different way, so I, I actually really enjoyed that whole spot. I There's some things I liked about this bit, and there's some things I didn't like. So, initially, I really disliked it because... Well, I liked, like, how she reacted with elbow the person who's grabbing me, because when if you got grabbed like that, you would assume it's someone, like, interfering, like, one of I was going to say, because people interfere all the time yeah. in wrestling, so it's not unreasonable. But what I didn't like is that refs never just run up and, like, sort of grab people and start pulling them like that, you oh, know, okay. in the middle of a match. Yeah. So, like, if they're, like, trying to get you off, they'll do it in a much less aggressive <laughs> way. Get you off. Anyway, I'm I'm eight years old. I'm sorry. We can tell by your dick-sucking thing earlier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they never do it that aggressively. So it was like one of those moments where it's so clear that he only did that ag- so, so aggressively because they had this plan in mind, yeah. you know? And it's like, uh, it just didn't feel natural. You See, know? I didn't even think about that, but because I don't watch as much wrestling, yeah. maybe it didn't occur to me. So, so that sort of threw me out. But I like I do like the her idea. Like if someone starts grabbing her and pulling her from behind, her first response is to elbow them in the face. That's a great like response. That's a great reaction. Yep. And then I like you say I like the whole like you know he gets to get his cheating in the and it wasn't him who said it. Like he didn't have his mate distract the referee. It was Tessa. Tessa fucked yeah. up, and he took advantage of it like exactly. a good heel should. Yeah. But then I did really like how quick a second ref came out. Because yeah. that made it seem more Believable. legit. The ref yeah. gets taken out, so straight away they get another ref in. They don't, like, yeah. have the ref just unconscious for ten fucking minutes and do nothing about it. They're like, we need a, new, we need a ref, you know? Like, let's get another ref out there. Quick yeah, time. exactly. And then I also really liked how when the ref counted to two because she kicked out, Sammy threw a fucking hissy fit and hit the ref. And then that backfired because Tessa was like, all right, revenge time, motherfucker. <laughs> Got yeah, a bat yeah. of her own and started laying into him with it. 
and punched him in the dick. So I liked that though. Like she accidentally hit the ref and it backfired like and he took advantage of it. And then he hit the ref out of anger and she took advantage of it. She was like, okay. But I like that he did it first, because then it like you know, normally like people don't like faces cheating because it's a heelish thing to do. Yeah. But if they're just getting revenge on the heel and doing their same shit back to them, it doesn't seem like a dick move. It seems like fuck you. <laughs> like you know, it seems like revenge. You know what I mean? So exactly. I like that. It was good. But the bit I disliked about that was why did nobody get disqualified for attacking a referee? Like this Tessa's was an accident. It was unintentional. It was just she reacted to someone grabbing her from behind. Yeah. Sammy full-on hit the referee in the face. Why was he not disqualified for hitting a referee in the face? I agree. That is pretty stupid. So I had very mixed feelings about that entire sort of sequence. There was good parts and bad parts. Sometimes they had great logic, sometimes they had bad logic. Like, it was just such a mixed bag. Well, that's why my going back to my star rating at the very beginning, because even I have a note right there. The when he when she was down for eight seconds with no ref, so I don't know whether I love or hate it. Cause there are parts that I loved, but I also felt really like just off. And then the next, this one is just a very small thing. They did a close up on Tessa, and I was like, okay, honey, just stop jutting your jaw out like that. And looking like a Neanderthal, like you're looking like hum- human missing link right now. She had like her chin stuck out so far with like the biggest like underbite ever. I'm like, what are you doing? Like that has to hurt what you're doing to your face right now. Stop, please. And then there's a part where she tried to pin Callahan. He then kicked out. So she rolled through it and turned it into a submission and did it, like twice. I thought that was quite, because I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that in anything we've watched. I thought that was quite cool and clever. Um, one thing I was gonna say is um, there was a bit where Sammy before that like got her in a submission. Yeah. And I really liked how he actually put his arm under her chin rather yeah. than in front of it. Yeah. Because we've talked about this before, but a lot of wrestlers when they go for submissions, they'll put their arm in front of the person's chin, and it just doesn't look real or painful at all. Yeah. Yep. But Sammy, no people, and has his arm around her throat, and it looks brutal. And the refs were commenting, like, look how tight he's holding on to her, his knuckles are turning white. And they were. But, I mean, you can yeah. make your knuckles turn white without shrinking your arms in just exactly. by applying a lot of pressure there. But it was very clever and yeah. well done. And I, so. that's what I mean. It looked legitimate. Like, I, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't even very painful at all, but it looked fucking great. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's wrestling done well right there. When something... Yep. Isn't painful at all, but looks fucking painful. That's 10 out of 10 wrestling. Yep. And the next part is, all right, commentators casually encouraging murder. No big deal. Just because one of them was being like, break his neck or whatever. Break her neck. And I'm like, dude, calm down. Roll the brakes. Hold on. Even though I know he, they probably were just referring to, like, maybe the move, like the neck breaker again or something. But it still just felt weird to hear someone encouraging them to break another person's neck. But hey-ho. And then just wrote, sad face that Tessa didn't win. I enjoy at least he didn't use the bat for the final moves. It's different. I like that it's different than what you'd expect, the ending of the match, because you'd expect the underdog story and the for Tessa to win because she's clearly the favorite. And I was like, but I also, 
even though that was the obvious story, kind of wanted her to win just because girl power. Woohoo. So I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this match because there are things I loved, but then some of the really bad choreography and things i just i don't know like i don't know whether i like it or not i genuinely I cannot tell you that i like the ending because like it was such a there was such an obvious like tessa had the first bit of offense so by our usual logic she should win she was the hundred percent crowd favorite to win she was the underdog you know like like everything was set up so that tessa should win so having her not win was like a shock moment, and like that was pretty cool, you know. And it allows them, like you say, to sort of continue the feud, keep it going, you know, make it into a feud, you know. Um, another note I had was um, I really liked when Sammy yelled, "Just quit, princess!" and Tessa's yeah. response was to spit in his face. Yes, great response. Enjoyed, enjoyed that. And then I also really liked when he... Because he did two pile drivers. One was just a straight-up pile driver, which won him the match. But before that, he did, like, the package pile driver. And she kicked out of that at two. His facial expression when she kicked out was so good. It was the best. It was like he simultaneously found out Santa, the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny all were not real. And that he was adopted all at the same time. Just and I loved it because this whole match, broken this whole match, he'd been so cocky, so arrogant, and like you know belittled her so much. So then when she kicks out of his big move, he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, what you know, the like, fuck? <laughs> it was a pretty funny face. It's I a way. It. It, what is what is so good though? Because it puts Tessa over so strongly, just by how he reacts to her. You know what I mean? Like. Once yeah. again, it's like, that's good wrestling right there. You know what I mean? Like, he's been a snarky asshole and belittling in her all match. And he won't, he won't vocally admit that she's good, but instead does it via his facial expressions. You know exactly. what I mean? It's great. Again, show, don't tell. And he was yep. doing that. Telling, he was telling you how weak and pathetic she is. But showing, he was like, shit, she's doing way better than I expected her to do. Fuck, what do yeah. I do now? Exactly. And then the thing at the end, so at the end, after he won, he came out and, what, like, brought her back to her and, like, offered it to, like, help her get up. So it was like, all right, yes, I'm an asshole. But, like, also, I like that he's, like, respect for what you did in the match because yeah. I had to Wait, exert Since he loves baseball you. bats so much, I think him giving her a baseball bat is, like, his way of showing respect and appreciation you know what I mean? yeah and it wasn't like in a super cheesy like the wwe where we all like hug and cry it out afterward or like where he helped her up and like held her hand up and other crowd it was just like a very in character gesture of respect which i thought was nice because i do think since she was gonna lose the match to just to help Again, just me, me on my on my feminist soapbox enjoyed seeing that and thought it was a very yeah, nice. Yeah, they they touch. really, even though Tessa lost, she didn't look any worse for losing. She yeah. looked great in defeat. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she exactly. was so clearly the star, even though she lost. You know, which just will make it the fact that she can lose sometimes and still be such a massive star, will just make her an even bigger star down the line. You know, like it's great. So there is something I wanted to talk to you about with this match. Where when I was looking up what match we should watch, I read a really interesting review of this match, right? Which had an opinion. 
which is state like I, I won't reverb him, but like their their idea was that they didn't like this match because it wasn't really believable that Tessa could go toe to toe with a man, but not because they don't believe women can go toe to toe with men, but because of how Impact and WWE book their women, because basically what they do is they have them in this separate division which always gets placed lower on the cards. It has less matches than the men's division every pay-per-view. They're always treated at all moments as second fiddle and inferior to the men. And then occasionally they'll just go, oh, by the way, the women are now equal to the men and can go to to the women in wrestling match. (laughs) And you're like, hang on a minute. (laughs) Like, you know... That, I don't believe that for a second because you've told me over and over again for years now that they're not equal, you know? Whereas his example of it done in other places better was Lucha Underground where their very first show, they had an intergender match. And like right from the get-go, they tell you that women can beat men and that women are equal to men and that women yeah. can go toe-toe with men. So when it happens, when a woman fights a man, and when a woman beats a man, it doesn't feel unbelievable because you've been told right from the get-go, it's a thing that can happen. You've been told right from the start, they're equals. And I wanted your opinion on that, like, as an opinion. On... On what, about the... the like, the whole... Inconsistency of it all? Yeah, like, the whole idea of, like, it's not believable, but not because women and men can't believably fight, but because of how it's to do with how they're booked. How they book them as totally inferior for 11 months of the year, and then for the last month go, oh, by the way, we're going to have an intergender match, so now they're equals. Well, yeah, it's like, I, I don't know, there isn't much to, to me to say about it than it's obvious bullshit and someone isn't doing their job right, because... Do they not see the inherent problem with that system? Like, how do you expect people to buy into the premise of that match and buy into the fact that they're on equal footing or that there's even a chance when if you're going to then, the rest of the year, contradict that? It doesn't make any sense. I've always said that, like, I, I, I totally understand why in actual sports, men and women are separated. There are legitimate biological reasons why that should be the case. But guess what, guys? Wrestling isn't real. (laughs) And because it isn't real, you can have men and women toe-to-toe and it's equals. So why are we so intent on separating them and cutting them off from each other, you know? I've seen some fucking great men-women matches. Like, this was alright. It wasn't great, but it was good. Candice LeRae has had some fucking incredible male versus female matches. Lucha Underground has had a ton of great male-female matches. Like, it can be done well. It's just... WWE and the other big companies seem totally fucking... Opposed. I know why WWE don't. They don't do it because of sponsors. Because their sponsors think it encourages domestic violence. Which yeah. is fucking dumb. No, that's absolutely stupid. Because, let's be honest, if a man's going to beat their wife, they're going to beat their wife regardless. They're, they're going to use wrestling as a justification for it 
but it won't be what encourages them to do it in the first place. More <laughs> more domestic abuse happens when people's favorite sports team loses than when wrestling matches happen. Like, yeah, it's there are far more consistent things that will provoke that. And like I said, it's that has to do with the mental health and the person. That doesn't have to do with the content they're consuming. Yeah, like I say, I I'm all for intergender wrestling because. We can't have intergender in, like, any other sport. You know what I mean? Like, so let's do it in the one where we can. I was going to say, let's, let's showcase it here because we can. Yeah. Why not? I'm all for it. 10 out of 10. I love it. Yeah, th- those are all, all my notes. Yeah, I've basically gone over all mine as well. Um, Again, like, I want we to like it. I liked parts of it. There's just something about it that's keeping me from, like, I'm probably not going to remember talk about this match very much. This match blew the fuck up online for some reason, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> people were calling it, like, the best intergender match ever, which I just feel those people probably haven't ever watched Lucha Underground. Because <laughs> Lucha Underground had some great intergender matches. So I'm really, like, I don't know why this blew up so much, because to me it was just a decent match. Like, it was maybe slightly above average. That's about it. That's about the best I can say about it, you know what I mean? I think it might just be because Tessa Blanchard was involved and people fucking love Tessa, as you can tell. Yeah. I mean, really fucking love her. People adore Tessa Blanchard. More than anything. (laughs) Clearly. It is nice to see, though, to see uh, particularly a woman wrestler have that kind of support. I mean, Bailey used to have that kind of sport. Bailey used to be the most over person on the fucking planet. Then WWE happened. And, then you know, WWE happened. Like, literally, when N- Bailey was in NXT, she was so over and had such an obvious, marketable character that people just wanted to get behind. Yeah. That, like, everyone was saying, there's no possible way WWE can fuck this up. It's so easy. You could literally, like, get, like, a 10-year-old child to book <laughs> Bailey and they'd manage it because it was that easy. Again, someone call the My Little Pony writers. And WWE somehow managed to fuck Bailey up. I just... They blow my mind. I just don't even understand it. They get the easiest shit handed to them on a fucking plate and somehow fuck it up. One did you know as well for time and improvement over time? Did you know as well that uh, Tessa Blanchard is a second generation wrestler? Oh no! She is the daughter of Tully Blanchard, who I believe was one of the fucking four horsemen, like one of the most famous wrestling stables of all time. Oh, well, that's cool. Mm. Explains why she's so fucking good. Because she's only twenty four years old. Oh wow, she's so young. she is ridiculously she looked older. good for some for reason. Like age. I would have guessed her age at like thirty. Yeah, I think a lot of that's because how she dressed this match with the whole seventies theme. Yeah, it makes her seem that's that's true. Older, um, but yeah, like the fact she's this good at twenty four, like that's no wrestler is in their fucking prime at twenty four. Most wrestlers enter their prime around thirty, maybe a bit yeah. older. So the fact she's this good now is just ludicrous. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck. 
She has so a we expect big future. things. Yeah. But yeah, if that's all you have to say, I think that is we're done here. Cute. Fill time for me while I check our Twitter poll to see what's next. Alrighty, uh, we are looking to get maybe some guests on the podcast. We have a few people in mind, but if you are a listener of the podcast and maybe want to be a guest and join us one day or can think of maybe any online personalities that might be within realm reason of us contacting or reaching out to, let us know. Um, and again, they don't have to like wrestling. It can be a guest that's a super wrestling fan, very knowledgeable about something, or they can be someone like me who knows nothing. Because clearly, if knowing about wrestling was a prerequisite for this podcast, I would not be here. So, yeah, we're excited to start planning some of those soon. Going to be a good time. We have two potential guests right now, I believe. So it's two episodes of guest content. And yeah, excited to see what comes next from our Twitter poll. Okay, so next up is Shimmer. That sounds... Again, see, that, that just sounds like something that's happening on My Little Pony. Like, what is <laughs> well, that? So for the record, when I googled Shimmer, you got the a first pony. thing Please that comes up pony. is a kid's cartoon called Shimmer and Shine, which is about these two little, like, princesses or something. I called it. Fucking called it. So, yeah, um... Yeah, so we've got a Shimmer match to watch next. And then we've got, like, Rise to watch. And then there's a UK women's promotion that I've forgotten the name of, which we need to watch. And then we can move over to Japanese women's wrestling. So we've got three more Western ones to watch, and then we can move over to Japanese women's wrestling. I'm very excited for Japanese women's wrestling. I am. They're brutal. (laughs) <laughs> you're going to see a lot of people get kicked in the face very hard. And it's going to be glorious. Bring it. Um, so yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter, MAM Wrestling. Follow Laura on Twitter, LauraK483. Follow me on Instagram, Hanzo Kurosawa. If you want to guest, hit us up on the Twitter. If you have any feedback or questions you want us to answer, throw them on our Twitter. Um, And yeah, just keep your eyes out for the next episode and thank you very much for listening.